jingle jingle Christmas smells Jing 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 Jingle 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 Christmas smells Cookies cook cook cookies cookies and cream Jing Welcome back to Dukes Dukes Movies and TV Culture Pulpture Discussions uh, <laughs> Culture Pulpture <laughs> Cult pulpsters. I am here with uh, Blaine's not here. Brett's here instead. We switched out a B for a B. Brett also has a dog, and he might have a trivia in fact for us, and he may even do a question dance for us. And then Will, he's a movie connoisseur, and he does our edits themes, and he works with James Cameron on the current longest Avatar movie. If it's longer than the first one, I don't know, but there's only two of them coming out soon. How are you doing, Will? Uh, good. Go see my new movie twice, please. Yes, yes. It needs to make $2 billion to be profitable. I've it heard. does. So that means each of you need to buy a ticket twice because no, the highest grossing movies now are like a billion. So some high goals for us. But we know what we're doing. Don't question us. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Hi, Brett. Hi. How are you doing? Great. Good. <laughs> I mean, honestly, just real quick with that James Cameron thing. If he just made it into two movies and released them again... Shut up. <laughs> he, would make, he would make two. He would make twice. He would make both his money. Like you're fired. You're if it's three hours, hour and a half movie, hour and a half movie. Will you've won this week? <laughs> I would buy two tickets then. You can buy my ticket. Then you buy two. If that makes you feel better. Yeah. Cool. I got a free ticket to a movie later this month. <laughs> oh crap. Brett, you win this week. Congratulations. Can't compete okay. with free tickets. So this week we watched. Some Christmas classic animated thingies. We watched Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. We watched Santa Claus is Coming to Town. We watched The Year Without Santa Claus. We watched Frosty the Snowman. And some of us watched Charlie Brown Christmas. Anyone watch Charlie Brown Christmas besides me? Not this week. I mean, I've seen it. Yeah, I've okay, seen cool. it. Then we'll talk about it lately. And then, yeah, we'll just jump right into it. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. He is a little loser. Continues. <laughs> Anyone yep. want to disagree with that? <laughs> no, because all his parents hate him and Santa hates him. And everyone despises Rudolph what? because he did nothing but looks a little silly. It's because it, Rudolph's dad's a 1940s gangster. You say you can't have that nose. <laughs> <laughs> say you're disgraced to your family, say. I mean, as an older person now watching that, I was like, Santa's a bad guy. There's no, nothing about that of just like, huh, Santa's just using Rudolph at the end. He, he runs a tight ship. He's a great guy. He, he's, he's using Rudolph at the end. And like at the beginning when he comes into the cave... He says something like, oh, Rudolph, you're never going to be part of the sleigh if you got that thing on your face. I also enjoy the part even after, like, the conclusion of them, like, Rudolph, we're back, you're here. Like, before he's even, like, flying the sleigh, it's like, like, his nose is getting bright, and he's like, can you turn that thing off? Yeah. (laughs) And he's like, oh, wait, I can utilize this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, you've been missing for how long, and you're back? Years. Yeah, it's like, the first thing, it's like, you are being annoying already. (laughs) Yeah, everybody hates him. But, uh, yeah, that, I mean, that, and, and Rudolph doesn't do much about it. He just kind of whines and cries about it. And then he runs away. With a dentist. With a dentist. In the, uh, with the dentist and Yukon Cornelius. The best two the, characters. The best, the best character. character. <laughs> yes. With, but, his, with his big gun. That's, he is the best character, but the dentist is the second best character because they play off each other well. Yeah, but uh, you just said... Yukon Cornelius' gun. I never realized that until we watched it this time. Of like, he does just, he's carrying. He's just full strapped the whole movie. And doesn't use it on the idea. And then the he boxes a giant snowman. Fantastic. Yeah, he's, he, but he yeah. has the gun. He's got a beautiful silver revolver right in his belt the whole time. <laughs> he's like, oh, I'm going after you. <laughs> like how he looks, his, his, he sticks his pickaxe in the ground. He just chucks it in the air, first of all. This is how he finds his gold, his silver and gold, his most beloved thing. He takes his pickaxe, he chucks it in the air while making a speech. It hits the ground, he picks it up, licks it, goes, nothing. <laughs> it's like, rats. That's, look, if, I'm, I'm, I mean, if the, if the miners in the gold rush had that guy's powers, they would have been, they would have been much richer. If, if he doesn't even have to mine, he can just lick a pickaxe that he touches to the ground. Or if he wasn't in the middle of the North Pole. That's also yeah, true. Yeah, on an iceberg. Yeah, he's on an iceberg. He's like, hmm, any gold in this iceberg? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I didn't put that together, but that's, that's a very good point, is there's likely no silver or gold where he is at. I mean, the closest thing he's going to find is just yellow snow. Just... <laughs> <laughs> gold! <laughs> Also, it's like he has to go through like probably like three feet of snow that he's walking on, just compact, and he's just dropping his pickaxe into snow when he's tasting it. Yeah, it's not rock. Yeah. 
Mm. I mean, he's like he tastes it and they walk, they run away from the snowman and they break it so they like they fly it off in an o- like an ice chunk into the water. And he's like, "What?" I was just, oh no, sorry, you're you're right. I didn't. I completely forgot that he tries to find gold on the little ice platform that they're floating on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like a what ten cubic feet. Oh yeah, that thing should just have enough sunk. enough space for the four of them. Well, there's yeah. a. There, it's a little like it's probably like it's so small. It's got a giant grown man on there, a reindeer, a dentist elf, a sled, full five of, dogs, full of multi-sized and multi all different breeds of dogs. Yeah, yes. none of them being huskies. Yes, exactly. I think a wiener dog was one of them. <laughs> <laughs> like, that dog could not make it through an inch of snow. At, at one point, Yukon Cornelius starts pulling the sled, and all the dogs get on the sled. And they go faster. They do go faster. <laughs> and then they go to the island of Misfit Toys. They do. Which is probably, that's that might be one of the most iconic moments. I like the part where they're like, go to the king lion guy. He's like holding court right now, and it's just him in an empty room, just like, Hello. <laughs> like, who are you holding court with? He You're holds alone. court every day, and once every hundred years, somebody <laughs> happens to wonder yeah. him. <laughs> well, he flies around the world every night to collect misfit toys. He like, searches the entire Earth because he's every like, night, they said. He's like human trafficking toys. He's just like, he's like, hmm, you're a disformed mine. <laughs> I mean, that's what he does. Yeah. The Jackbox wasn't even deformed. His name was just Charlie. Charlie and he's Box. just like, mm, gotcha. I mean, nowadays, he could just change it. You could always change yeah. your name. But it was just there of, like, what, there's so many odd characters in that sense of, like, it made that island the most interesting part. Yeah. Imagine, like, you're a kid playing with your Jack in the Box, but the label said Charlie in the Box, and, like, this big lion Phoenix guy just comes up, he's like, hey, yeah, no, I'm gonna need that. That's mine. That is mine. <laughs> Why? It's not a Jack in the Box. But it's just like. But I can look, just look, call it Jack in the like, Box. Or just, like, I'm just playing with this. It's like, no, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> look. You don't want this. <laughs> it's gonna, it's it's gonna mess with your psyche, kid. It also, it's confusing too when you think about like none of the other toys besides the one on that island are alive. All the ones in Santa's workshop don't do any of that. It's just the ones that are deformed. Oh yeah, you mean those toys that uh, that all those elves aren't painting? But when Hermie, when the dentist actually decides to paint his, he gets yelled at. I also <laughs> as love- the only person doing his job. <laughs> His manager's the only one who, like, he, well, his manager and uh, Cornelius, they sound like the same guy. It's hilarious. They do. It's it, just one's, one's angry and one is just, one, like. One, one's happy to lick snow for gold and the other one's mad you didn't go to elf practice. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm, is, yeah, so they call it elf practice, but it's just singing. Yeah, for Santa the King. Why doesn't it just, like, choir practice? Because it's elf practice. They're elves. Look, elves only have two goals in their life. Making toys and singing for King Santa. That is what stuck out to me the most, this watch, because I watch it almost every year. But this watch is is like, man, there are so many weird little choices that they make Yeah, with the characters. And like just calling it elf practice, uh, Hermes just like wanting to be a dentist and then just straight up jumping out a window. Santa's Santa's massive castle when he's shoving like the deer in just caves. There's no stables or anything. And the best part is, like, he's like, you missed elf practice because you were building toys. What is wrong with you? <laughs> he was fixing toys. Yeah. I mean, looking at it now, I'm almost questioning if this really is a Christmas movie besides just that it has Santa in it. Because, like, if but you he's, look, But Rudolph saves Christmas at the end. But it's all... It's more he, though? It's, it's more of a Hero's Journey movie, though, than a Christmas movie, because we talked about that during the movie. Yeah, well, no, he saves Christmas because, like, Santa's, like... Because it's like, hey, it's a little foggy outside, and Santa's like, well, everybody, Christmas is canceled. This is the first Christmas in a thousand years that has now been canceled because of a... <laughs> With bad weather because of in the a, middle of winter. Yeah. The last three minutes of the movie, is what is that what solidifies it as a Christmas movie, then? Well, I mean, it's got Probably. Christmas... It, it's got Christmas the, it, feels, but the actual saving of Christmas is, like, the end of the movie. Yeah, and, I mean, they're in the snow. That's snow. And there's some trees that have, <laughs> like, ornaments on them. <laughs> Which we don't know where they come from, just that the animals put them on there. Yeah. yeah. We should talk about the stop motion. It's Rankin and Bass. This is their first feature, um, which they did the rest of the movies we watched, except for Charlie Brown. But their stop motion, it's pretty crude in this one, but uh, their sets and stuff are, are really cool. Like, you could tell there's, there's some, they're, they're, they're trying their best, and it, it's, Brad, I'm curious your take on that. 
I mean, yeah, I think they're a little bit empty at times. And we mm-hmm. talked about their backdrops. Oh, yeah. Too interesting. It was just a solid, okay, here's a blue color. A blue wall with some, like, cardboard cutout of, that are, like, supposed to be the icebergs and stuff in front of it. Yeah, it, there were some things with that. But overall, it was a really good first stop motion for their company, I think. Mm-hmm. They definitely learned a lot, and we see that in the later movies. Mm-hmm. I think it was, they could have added more, and then, I mean, not spoiling much later, but the other ones, I think, almost have too much in the backgrounds. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah. We, I think the later movies could have utilized Cornelius more personally. <laughs> well, you loved the snow at the beginning with the uh, singing Sam the Snowman. Oh, well, yeah. He's yeah. like, he's scooting. Okay? He's scooting. He's, he's just, scooting through he's... the snow and the way the snow is like falling around him. Now you forget the best part. Perfect. You forget the best part. His he's banjo like, that doesn't nope. sound like a banjo. Well, that too. That yeah. too. But the even better part. Where he's like, hey, take a seat next to me. And he pulls up this ice block <laughs> and he just like leans next to it. He doesn't even lean. He's just like, pull up a seat and grabs an ice block and then just stands just there. Again. <laughs> yeah. And all the Christmas trees are decorated throughout the whole North Pole. Because the animals do it. Where do they yeah. get the ornaments, Jack? Um, Santa's workshop. But they don't make, they only make toys. But the animals make it because they're also Santa slaves. Ooh. That's the theme, is that Santa just is keeping all of these people at the North Pole so as like, his servants. So, like, elf practice is entertaining Santa. Animal practice is decorating the entire winter wonderland. For Santa. That is, yeah. Like, <laughs> they have no freedom in that. Like, they're like, oh, I want to be a dentist. Yeah, you can't. Why this not? Santa's just the king of Stockholm Syndrome. Where <laughs> he's keeping all these people <laughs> enslaved, and they're just, eventually they're like, we love you, we'll sing for you. <laughs> <laughs> They have no other choice. <laughs> exactly. And then Santa gets an absolute tank of the bumble at the end of the movie to complete his army. <laughs> yeah, pretty, yeah. <laughs> the toothless, abominable snowman. Mm-hmm. That you, you Carlos, did a boxing match with him. Absolutely fantastic. That's pretty cool, yeah. Went over a cliff with him. Yeah, because, well, he, what? He went over the cliff with him. Well, yeah, because he was like, because the dentist guy knocked out all of his teeth. And then, and he was like, and he's like, ten times the size of him. He's like, oh! I can fight him. And he, <laughs> yeah, the teeth just, were the part that were intimidating. He's just like grabbing his hand. He's like, I'm pushing him back. And he pushed him into an abyss. Doesn't he still have claws and like massive, like he could still just go and crush you. Yes, he is still the King Kong of the Bonwell Snowman. Yeah. Too bad too, because that guy was straight up just minding his own business. <laughs> nah, he was mad. He was eat, He was going to eat uh, Rudolph's family. He did have her uh, in his hands. Well, they went into his territory. That's fair. true. He was in their big cave with their big high cave roofs. Yeah. Because like in the beginning when Rudolph's dad was just like, up, up, and away. <laughs> he flew like away in the cave. <laughs> <laughs> they have very tall roofs. Oh, in that cave. was one thing too we talked about. He never flies in the movie until he's on Santa's sleigh. Yep. Until the plot demands it. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, Even though there's, there was like five different stairs. Like, Man, I wish Rudolph could fly here. Yep. Like wandering through the, <laughs> the uh, North Pole. Stuck walking. on a block of ice in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> On what? a distant island in the middle of nowhere, checking oh, to see if your friend's okay that fell on a cliff, and they're like, well, he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, no one went to check when you had four or five reindeer there that could fly. Yep. Even his dad was there, and his dad's like, well, time to go home. <laughs> <laughs> there was no service for him. Like, oh, they, they, they just got back when he, yeah. We, we lost another one, just like the big walk. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Rudolph's dad definitely served in World War II. He yes, a, he did. He was a part of the Air Force that Santa pulled in. It's <laughs> very true. What's our next movie? Our next one we watched was Santa Claus is Coming to Town. I would argue the best one. Yay! Yes. You guys, had, uh, well, Jack, you had never seen it. Jack, well, it's you been have a while. A, you have a foggy Fo- memory foggy, of it? Foggy, fuzzy memory where it's like, okay, I remember this one having some solid scenes, but Rudolph, I, we probably watched every year compared to this one. Yeah. This, this is... This is one of my, my favorites. Because it sets it's, up the whole lore of Santa Claus. Sets up the whole lore. It's simple. And we've got an actual good protagonist this time who all he wants to do is make toys and give them to kids. And when people are mean to him, he's just like, well, how about I give you a toy? Like, he, maybe you're pretty okay, Chris Kringle. <laughs> he's almost more like Robin Hood-like in this movie. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, he's he's... There's scenes with him like running across, you know, rooftops and stuff, which all that's set up because he, he learned to run from the reindeer who are his buddies. Learns to make toys from the, the Kringles. 
which are also the elves, just those weird little old men that yeah. he finds in the forest. And, more, he, and he stole their drip. <laughs> he did steal their drip. <laughs> They're more dwarves from Snow White, those elves. That they are closer to, to dwarves. It did remind me, though, too, we talked about like the animals and the symmetry. And Rudolph, we saw that a lot. And there was some in this movie, too, of animals coming in pairs of two. And we saw that that's a common theme of there always being, in these Christmas movies, a match in some way for someone. That either being even the toys themselves or people or animals. Oh, okay. Yeah, I see what you're saying. It, it gives you more of an, an ensemble feeling. Like they're, they are kind of like, it, it makes them blend in a little more. I like the music. The music is very good in this it one. Was. This this one's got it. I, I like the music in this one better than most of the songs in Rudolph. And he says there's a bunch of times in the movie where he's like, where he, like where Santa Claus is like, he he says like the lines from the Santa Claus song. He's like he's like, oh, I put you on my list. Don't worry, I'll check it twice. And I'm like, oh, that's your thing. He said the thing. He <laughs> yep. said the thing. Yep. Yes. So the mayor of what's his name? Hamburglar. What's his name? <laughs> it that's was something like that. Burgermeister Meister Burger. That's yes. <laughs> and he is like a, he's a World War One specifically German because like his little minions have those World War One German helmets. Oh, yeah. where they have like the yeah. little point on the top. Um, but he is he's very he's just a curmudgeon. He's the mayor of this little town, and he goes outside one day, and the kids are playing, but he trips on a toy and breaks his ankle. So he outlaws all toys, all playing with toys, everything about toys, which is unfortunate because Chris Kringle, uh, which is what Chris Kringle is, is coming to town to give out free toys. He gets into town and all the people are like, what are you doing with those toys? You're going to get arrested. Burgermeister Meisterburger outlawed all the toys. And he's like, oh, I don't care. I'm going to give these out anyway. <laughs> So then Burgermeister Meisterburger comes out, and all the kids are playing with toys, and he freaks out. But then uh, Chris Kringle gives him a yo-yo, and he's just so happy until the little guy next to him goes, hey, you're aware you're breaking your own laws right now, right? And he's just like, what? You tricked me. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to think if there's anything else. Well, there's the the giant snow warlock. Yeah, the winter warlock. I love that guy. The absolute most unnecessary but best thing in the movie at the same time. See, but he serves he a serves purpose, a purpose, but he's like, but he's just so random. Yeah, he kind of is, but I love that he's just like he's got those like trees yeah. that grab Chris Kringle and stuff, and he's like, oh, I don't have my magic anymore, Ex- yeah. except for this thing that makes reindeer fly. Hmm, in, isn't that lucky? <laughs> in the Christmas sense too, that Winter Warlock really isn't explored much in other Christmas movies or stories. Nope. So it's a very one-off thing that mm-hmm. isn't unenjoyable it's a really cool thing i want to see more of that's well so he's a villain the main villain is burgermeister meisterburger the winter warlock is so basically you go up into the hills towards where chris kringle lives and he makes the toys you got to cross the winter warlock's mountains but when chris kringle crosses it and gets caught by the winter warlock he ends up just befriending the winter warlock and literally melts his icy heart and his face goes from like being made of ice and like all blue to just being a normal human face. Yeah. And then they teach him how to walk again because he forgot because he's been teleporting so much. Oh, yeah, much. we talked about that. That's a great... <laughs> I love that aspect. And there's a whole song about it. It's wonderful. But it was just one of those things, like, the people that wrote that kind of thought that through of, like, hey, this guy hasn't walked in, like, 100 years. Yeah. So he needs to learn how to walk again. That's, he has no friends. Santa gives him a choo-choo. And he's like, I've always wanted a choo-choo. And he's like, that's great. You want to be my friend? And he's like, I've always wanted a friend. And then they're off to... Go punch Burger Meister Meister Burger in the face. And then the whole conflict is resolved because eventually, while Santa Claus is still being Santa Claus, Burger Meister just dies. <laughs> and they're like, you know what? Maybe his rules sucked. I'm yep. like, that's interesting. <laughs> like, they didn't rebel or anything. It's just, he died and they're like, you know what? He was wrong. That's The wrap up is pretty goofy. That's We haven't even talked about the school teacher. I was about to say who, the like, same thing. Kind, who, who, Santa Claus Mary, she's literally just Mrs. Claus. That's her whole purpose is to become Mrs. Claus. I will say, she also has the weirdest effects song. Oh, the, that's the, trippy LSD, as hell. The LSD trip that the writers were like, this is 60s, right? It came out. 1970. So, yeah, so right in the ni- era right, of 1969, exactly. Like that, if you think about that, that, ma- that scene makes so much more sense. In, in context of when the movie was released, yes. It is, <laughs> that song 
The song does and it, the song does not feel psychedelic. It's just the visuals go all out psychedelic and yes. trippy and there's she I changes it was pretty in, hip. She <laughs> Awkward silence. <laughs> I dug it, you turkey. It was like the Dunkachino. <laughs> oh boy. Burn it. What part? All of it. <laughs> yeah. So that's a, that's a that's a pretty good one. That's if you've never seen it, I would definitely check that one out. It's pretty fun. And they're all like less than an hour. Yeah, that was, it was like 50 minutes. And that right. one's the most Christmassy Santa-y to me. Yes. I would say, even like I said earlier, this one is more of a Christmas movie than Rudolph was. Are you saying you didn't yes. like Santa and Rudolph, where he was just using slave labor? <laughs> no. I, I, I mean, I enjoyed parts of it, but I mean, it, it, Blaine it's would. fine. Blaine would As we learned that. from our Thanksgiving episode, Blaine is a fan of slave labor. Yes. <laughs> Blaine would love watching Santa Claus yell at Rudolph for being different. (laughs) And then Santa Claus steals some of the little kid elves or something, and then Blaine laughs. As as we've learned from our many Uh, experiences. Character sad. (laughs) Uh, That's amazing. amazing. One thing I noticed, though, too, in this is like, the parallel of the characters being in color and then side characters are unimportant things just being the basic clay animation style. Not really detailed. Like in the previous Rudolph, there's one scene where Santa's eating food and it's all like this purple gray clay. There's no detail or coloring to it. Oh yeah. It yeah. Was, that whole table is just purple. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm eating this purple bread on the purple <laughs> table with my all, purple plate. Yeah. And there's a purple cup and the liquid and it's probably purple. It's like, did they almost forget to color it? Like, no, they just doesn't Budget, matter. I, it, just doesn't yeah. matter. it doesn't matter. It's it's interesting to notice it, but like like if you were a kid, like it's, I didn't notice this when I was a kid. But I think that's like the idea too, though. It's like your importance is focused on the colorful parts. Well, there's probably exactly. several other background things that aren't that either, but that was probably just the closest thing to like the front. Yeah, that it yeah. was like, hey, this was not worth the price of admission of us watching this illegally on YouTube. <laughs> it was also their their first. Stop motion movie. So, like, some of the sets in Rudolph were, were cruder. And, this is 1964. I have high expectations for my animated reindeer claymations, okay? <laughs> but in, like, like in Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the whole town is, like, like all the kids are, Just like, gray. pale and yeah. sickly looking. Uncolored. All the people. Please, sir. All Can I have a toy? And until Santa Claus brings happiness, then they get more color in their face. Yeah, so there's the parallel then of yeah. like it's showing the importance and spreading the Christmas cheer, I guess, is what puts color in the movie. Yeah, he, he brings happiness to them, and that physically manifests itself as healthier human beings. <laughs> I thought Burgermeister was a nice guy. <laughs> There'll be no more toy makers to the king. He's, I used to have a yo-yo when I was a boy. He is like Sir, Mario. Bedr- he's like Mario but German. He's, uh, he is like Mario or like Wario but German. He he does look a lot like Wario. Wario is my favorite Mario character. That's some Duke Nukes lore, and he never wins any. <laughs> he doesn't Mario. win Mario Party. He never wins every game last. <laughs> we always play Mario Party somehow. Somehow you always come in last, even if you're first on that last round. I tell you, you lose, and you're all like, "Oh, Jack, you're being such a baby." No, I'll be last. Don't. And then the last episode's like, "Oh." I mean, <laughs> at, a, at a certain point, I think we've all just come to an agreement that you can't win now. Yeah, like with, it's just with been a silent, under, yeah, it's just silently understood. Like Jack can never win Mario Party <laughs> again. Like before we go over to Will's house, it's just. Will, Brett, Blaine, and then Shigeru, Miyamoto, and they're just like, he cannot win. (laughs) (laughs) They're changing the code on the fly. (laughs) Wario uh, equal no. (laughs) (laughs) All spins equal one or two. (laughs) Star equal zero. (laughs) Hey, I got a star. Wait, my counter didn't go up. (laughs) Oh, it it should have gone down. Apologies. (laughs) That is all bad. Well, that's going to do it for our Mario Party talk. <laughs> What's our next movie, Jack? A Year Without Santa Claus. It was very weird, and but they had the Heat Miser song, so it was cool, I guess. Oh, that's one. This I, one is very weird. Yeah. They're, I don't really have, It's just Santa Claus is sick, but then Mrs. Claus is like, I'll be Santa Claus. But then she has to get like the elements, and you should be like friends. And that's that's the whole movie. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. The, the vast majority of it is fine. Except Snow Miser and Heat Miser, which are the best thing Rankin and Bass ever did. 
are just those two characters in their songs, in their little palaces. It's so cool. And they're fighting in the clouds with their tiny little minion clones, guys. They're clones. And yes. they start shooting out their reindeer. And I love the sound when they shoot like their little beams. It does like a boo. Like oh, on like the a the alloy, like the like, yeah, the old like timey like yeah. It, bop, 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 bop. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like theremins and stuff going yeah. off. The UFO yeah. sound almost. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. But on bump. What's the point of them fighting? I know Santa's sick, so but could they not? Ice. I know, but like how did that affect if they could have Christmas or not? So well, they just wanted a white the, Christmas. The main plot is nobody believes in Santa anymore. And Santa is is feeling in the dumps. He's sick. He's all depressed. So he's just like, there's so not going to be Christmas this is year. It's it like, because nobody cares. The elf movie where, because they don't believe in Santa, he doesn't have his powers as much then? Kind of. He, so he, he's, he's, he's feeling sick. So to make him feel happy, they want to get some letters from kids. So they go to that town called Southtown, and yes. it's in the South, like the U.S. South, because they call it Dixie multiple times. Yeah, okay, it's so very Southern yeah. America. Yeah, so it's it's very warm there, which is why and, and none of the people there believe in Santa. So to get them to believe in Santa, they're like, okay, we will if you can make it snow here. We'll believe that you little little weird people are actual elves and that Santa is real mm-hmm. if you make it snow here, because it's never snowed here. Okay. So that's where Snow Miser and Heat Miser come in. They have to trade. Heat Miser is like, I'll let you make it snow here if I can have a nice spring day in the North Pole. Yeah, Which okay. is, a, it's a big trade, of that's, course. Yeah. That's understandable then. Yeah. And then just Mrs. Claus is running around trying to do things. Yeah, she's trying to, she's trying to get them to play nice. And then she goes over their heads and whoop, here we go. Now Mother Nature's in this movie. Yeah, they really make Santa to be Jesus in this movie. There's a lot of religious stuff with this, too. Yeah. they're like, we'll do this to believe in you. And then Santa Claus should just come down and be like, blessed are those for Christmas. <laughs> who, who do not believe on sight alone. <laughs> this is, is the one that... Had- I do like when he comes down and he's talking to, like, the kid's dad. And they're just... And the kid's dad is like, I believe in Christmas. Stand and he just, up. like, zones off. Yeah. <laughs> this is the one with Noah's he's doing a family guy. He's doing a is family it? guy cutaway. Yeah. Okay. Is that's again the parallels? That's right. Two. The kid wanted a Noah's Ark. The, yeah. the really sick. No, that was the last one. Was it? That was Santa Claus is coming to town where he's like, I have to deliver this toy because this kid's sick and they really want this toy Noah's Ark. Okay. So it's, it is a weird parallel of like it's Christmas. So usually they fall into the more Christian holiday themes. These movies don't like, they don't feel like you have to be Christian to understand them, but there's still some hidden gems of that in there. Yeah, there, there's there's some undertones of that. There, there's, I mean, a lot of like you know angels and, and stuff going on, and a lot of a lot of sim, you know religious symbolism that it's it's just inherent in Christmas. Too much. Boom boom. Ah nap. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty goofy one. Um, but there are some definite highlights. Are we do are we done with that one? Uh, yeah, I think Should so. Should we go to Will's favorite now? Charlie Brown. All right, we're Frosty the Snowman. Oh, I, I forgot about it. That's how much of a this favorite. Is, this is the worst messy, one. Thank messy, you, Brett. Messy, messy, <laughs> It's Look, this is still Rankin and Bass, but it's 2D animation and lacks all of the soul that their stop motion has. I mean, in the, uh, it's, it's also the shortest. In a sense, though, for the animation at the time, it's great. But I think the story-wise, it's just... So boring. It's boring and bizarre, and the characters are uh, are wafer thin. They're, I mean, evil magician is a stereotype who seems to have no consistency. Yeah. So there's, so there's a school, and they want to go out on Christmas break, and the teacher hires like the worst magician in the world, and he can't do a magic trick. Like he should not be allowed within 500 yards of a school. <laughs> yeah, he's messy, a he's a predator. Messy, messy, busy, busy, busy. <laughs> kept repeating words and I'm like this guy is he's gonna kill someone <laughs> he, he tries did. he killed that's he almost killed the girl too yeah he locks well, him he in did, a he furnace had, he did kill he almost killed the girl twice he killed frosty he killed a little girl <laughs> so then the so the kids are like yay it's it's winter breaks so they go outside and they build a snowman but then they put the magician's hat on the snowman and he comes alive and then frosty's like happy birthday he says it three times it's great it gets better every time. And then uh, they're like, 
oh wait, I just realized you guys made me five minutes ago. Now I'm melting. Um, <laughs> yeah, like the thermostat gets up to like Heatmeister just coming in. Heatmeister's just like, mm, I hate this snowman guy. <laughs> and, and then they're like, well, the only logical answer is to put Frosty on a train to the North Pole. And the little girl's like, I'll go with him. The girl that's not wearing any pants. Yeah. Right? She's like literally just in a coat, like going to the North Pole. Like, not wearing no pants. I'm your friend, Frosty. We've been alive for three minutes together. Or, well, he's been alive for three minutes. She's a, she's a very sad person. Well, yeah, she only gets, she almost gets murdered three times in the movie. Just runs that away she from does. home. She almost freezes herself to death in and the then ice. They make, in, and then they make the a fire. Tree. And then the magician puts out the fire, and Frost, and he's like, Frosty, go down this way, or this girl freeze to death. <laughs> and then the, the magician locks them in, like, the, uh, the heat area. It's a greenhouse. Yeah. Greenhouse. It's where they're growing the weed in the North Pole. And then Frosty's... <laughs> like, you can't sit just a random greenhouse and Kind of looks like it. <laughs> and then the magician locks them in there, and the little girl has to watch Frosty the Snowman die <laughs> yep. into a puddle. And then Santa eventually opens the door... And just a little girl crying in a puddle as her friend just melted away. <laughs> and then Santa's just like, I'll open the door and he'll turn into a tornado and be back. And that's what happens. And then Santa's like, hey, magician, I'm not going to give you any more toys because you're a little dick. And he's like, sorry, he's like, I'll go home now. But then he's like, maybe you'll get a present. He's like, he's like, oh, gotta run, run, run. And that's <laughs> when he goes, busy, busy, busy. And he like sprints. And he gets a new hat. Even though the magician, while he's garbage, was not in the wrong. They stole his hat. They, they did, did straight steal up his steal, steal his hat at the beginning. That's his hat. The rabbit runs away with the hat, and he's like, hey, my hat. And but then it ends up on the snowman. He's like, oh, cool, I found my but hat. that's also his rabbit, too. It is. It's yeah. a Looney Tunes rabbit. Oh, the, the um, what, what did we say the rabbit was? He, oh, it's like Snoopy. He, he was like, he had Snoopyism. He did little Snoopy dances. He did. He did. He did, like, the um, Snoopy versus the Red Baron stuff, where he's, like, pretending to be a soldier. And then they did a little dance in the parade again. Hooray. <laughs> and Frosty's just blocking traffic. <laughs> Dude, that's... Oh, oh. If I was a citizen in that town, I'd be so pissed off. It, this is also the one where the narrator's mouth changes colors when you're watching it. Yeah, when he's talking. Yeah, never noticed that before until now. And it was just like, this is almost painful to watch at points. It's, it's very distracting. Yeah, just imagine you're just trying to get to your job. And there's just this... Like, just mentally challenged snowman, just, like, marching a bunch of kids in the middle of the road going, happy birthday. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, my God, I'm going to get fired. <laughs> Concern uh, for the well-being of the kids and being led by a snowman. Yeah. Through the streets, like. Follow me to the North Pole, kids. Uh, someone, for a car somebody to, call the police. Waiting for a car to just blast through the snowman. <laughs> is, is, is it the same Santa from Rudolph, then? He's just trying to build up his child army? Yeah, it's all right. <laughs> Frosty's just an asset for Santa just to enforce his slave labor. <laughs> He's a recruiter. He's a recruiter. <laughs> hey, kids, follow me to the North Pole. Well, speaking of new slave labor for Santa, we watched Charlie Brown Christmas. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. That was a weird segue. Well, yeah, you gotta do it some way. And then, yep, it's Charlie Brown Christmas. Everybody's seen Charlie Brown Christmas. It's Charlie Brown, and he's sad, like every other Charlie Brown thing. And then Christmas, and they sing some songs. That's the whole thing. <laughs> And it's a masterpiece. It's fantastic. It's it does not miss. Yeah, I would say it's probably my favorite. But out of all the Christmas things we watched this week, I think the original Santa Claus Coming to Town is like the best. That's this was the one. It but didn't it, it's quite a tie. fit our our theme with the Rankin Bass stuff. Like it's to, a different thing. Because if I had like it, it's different for me if I had to pick favorite or best. Yeah. Because yeah. for an actual Christmas thing, like that is the origin of Santa Claus. Yeah. Not, it, Char not Charlie Claus. <laughs> I don't, Charlie Brown is always a weird thing for me of like oh there's some funny it has good clips but it's a hard watch for attention span sometimes like 20 minutes I know but even I mean I got short attention span in that movie like it should have been 19 and a half <laughs> there's a small Christmas tree in Snoopy that's about all I can remember and then he missed is this the one where he misses the football kick then or is that uh, I think that's Thanksgiving see that's what I'm saying like, there's not much that I can recall from this. See, from the get-go, this whole thing is just burned into my mind. So I didn't even watch it this week, but I can tell you, it opens on the ice skaters. Yep. And it, with the Christmas time is here. <laughs> with iconic song, right? And then they go to um, Lucy is selling stuff. 
she's she's selling like the therapy, right? Yes. yes, she's selling therapy. Five cents. And and Charlie Brown is like, okay, I'll take some. And she's just like, well, you fucking suck. <laughs> yeah, maybe like, maybe don't be a baby, Charlie yeah, Brown. You stupid loser. asshole. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, oh. And then he goes and he's he he leans up on that wall. And he's just like all sad. And Linus comes over to him. He's like, what's wrong, Charlie Brown? I have a blanket. I have a blanket. <laughs> yeah. But there's so many lines that stick with me. Like um, when they're all catching snow in their mouths and Lucy being the prick she is just, I only, I wait for January snow because January snow is better. You fools. It's like, it, it's like that meme where like somebody's like, I'm leaving Twitter. And everybody's like, Okay, <laughs> that's it's just I mean, it's a perfect little thing for her character. Just be like to, to just say, look, she thinks she's better than everybody. Just there's little nuggets, all these little nuggets I latch on to that when they walk through all the Christmas trees and find their Christmas tree, when they're at the dance, you got that iconic scene where they're all doing their goofy little dances. And then, of course, and that song isn't even a Christmas song. Well, I mean, it is like in the Christmas special, but that's not like a Christmas song they have. That's just the Linus and Lucy theme. Right, but now it's become almost a Christmas song well, yeah. just through pop culture. Because yeah. if you watch like the other Charlie Brown specials, like they reuse that song because that's just like the Linus and Lucy just theme. Yeah, because you hear another one like, it ain't Christmas. Yeah, but that and then, of course, you got Linus's speech at the end where it's lights, please. You hear like somebody pulls like a massive lever. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Shutting off the power. That's grid. definitely yes. a Snoopy move. And you get that, but it's that nice, you know, just a beam of light on Linus as he tells the story of Christmas and what Christmas is all about. And it's like that is, it's it it is a masterpiece. Every bit of it. I mean, I I think it's all memorable. I think it's all perfect in everything that happens in it. It needs to happen. Like there's nothing that can be cut from this. Because I would argue that from you, Brett. I guess it's on my rewatch list then, because I probably haven't watched it in a few years. But I mean, like I said, it has good clips that I remember. Like mm-hmm. you said, like I forgot about the opening sequence of that song. Mm-hmm. And that's a really good scene. Like yeah. there's some of those moments. But again, it's like it's a foggy memory. But then yeah. it is only twenty minutes, so it's probably part of the reason why it's like it's shorter in November. Yeah. I mean it's great it's you know, these kids asking you know, big questions. What I'm Christmas has to be more than toys and, and decorations and all this. What is what is Christmas actually about? And Lions gonna tell you. I mean, Jack even has their Christmas tree here. Yeah, yeah, I stole it. <laughs> it's on the table right in front of us. <laughs> even the even the tree skirt's sad. <laughs> it's just in a block of. Wood. Isn't that Linus's blanket? Yeah. Oh, because oh. it's a really tiny blanket. <laughs> He's Looks tiny. like a rag. He's a little kid. Anything else we have on Charlie Brown? I don't think so. So are we ready for Dukes and Nukes? We, well, do we have to nuke one? Yeah, that's a rule. All right, we're nuking the heat miser. <laughs> I probably will. Really? Probably. That whole, okay. Frosty, boy. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Big old nuke for Frosty. I, I could nuke, yeah, Frosty and then probably Well, Frosty miser. already got nuked. He's a puddle. <laughs> for me, it's, it's Frosty and Rudolph are my nukes, and then Santa Claus is coming to town, and you're without Santa Claus are my dukes. Because of Heat Miser and Snow Miser. It's know. worth it for them to me. Because it's so weird and interesting. But that's the only good part. That's why I don't like that one. There are other good I, parts I'm, to I'm me. I'm with Jack on that. And for me, almost, Rudolph is just a, a duke because of how classic it is. Mm-hmm. And how much it's set up the other movies for success and stop motion. I, I was more bored watching Rudolph than I was A Year Without Santa Claus. No, that's a, that one was my nuke. I, that and Frosty. Those that two Frosty. were just hard to follow. Okay. So... So moral of the story is big old dukes for Santa Claus is coming to town and Charlie Brown Christmas. Yeah, yeah that seems I mean, about right. I'm yeah. not going to vote on that one. But you know, from Ru- the clips I remember, that one's more memorable than yeah. the Heat Meister I one. I disagree. <laughs> Rudolph, bit of a mixed bag. Santa Claus is coming to town, maybe even, or Year Without Santa Claus, even more of a mixed bag, but um, Frosty sucks. We did it! <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday! Battle to the death, who wins, Rudolph or Frosty the Snowman? There's a clear answer, and I'm going to let you think about it. Frosty. No. He uh, keeps I mean, coming back alive. It's Rudolph. His big nose will melt Frosty the Snowman. But then Frosty just comes back. Nah, he just, he'll but just stay Frosty on Frosty only comes back because of Santa's magic. And then, and then Rudolph drinks him. Like, he's a puddle. Rudolph's just, he drinks him. Unless Santa Claus is like, oh, I like Frosty, but he brings him back after Rudolph drinks him. And then Frosty comes back alive in Rudolph, and then, like... 
Rudolph implodes because Frosty <laughs> forms inside of him. Oh, whoa. <laughs> Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs> just <laughs> alien pops just, out of his all chest. All of a sudden, he just explodes and Frosty, the dust clears and Frosty's standing there and it's just, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm, I'm just picturing the alien chest pop. Yeah, it's Frosty. Frosty. He's, just, he's just a giant red snow cone. <laughs> <laughs> he's the Kool-Aid man now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Happy birthday. <laughs> Oh, man. Cool. Okay. I just Google trivia and facts because Blaine isn't here because he got married. I feel like we should just skip the segment. Congrats, okay. Blaine. No, I actually found one that I liked. Oh, okay. Or two or three. Okay. Right. You have to do the question dance. What is the question dance? Well, you already ruined it. Never mind. <laughs> no question dance <laughs> no for question, you. No question dance for you. Okay. This is the first. Uh, these are all Charlie Brown facts. Right? Fair okay, enough. Cool. All right. This was the first animated peanut special. Okay. There was a version with a laugh track that they made, but after they saw how the broadcast one did better without the laugh track, they got rid of it. Awesome. Snoopy's doghouse is blue in this, but in everything else, it's red. I never... Oh. That is... Yeah, I've always pictured it red. Yeah. Production of this ended 10 days before it premiered. Whoa! <laughs> That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. None of the children who voiced the characters received credit at the end. Oh. Yeah, they're kids. Charlie Brown? Did they voice any well, other? I, I don't expect them to credit Charlie Brown. <laughs> did they voice so any other? Uh, uh, yeah, they did. Okay, so those I think they kids. did. They reused some of them sometimes. Was this, when did, what year did this come out? This is the 60s, right? 1965. Okay. And yeah, that, that was sense. my next one, because when it came out in 1965, it was watched by over 15 million people. Wow. So it's just been a classic out the gate. Yeah. Good, good advertising right there. Yeah. Um, and I think that's mostly it. That's all the trivia and facts. Here, I'll do the question dance. Okay, next segment. <laughs> We're doing www.whatwewatching. Do-do-do watching. Emphasis on ing. Uh, Will, what did you watch this week? Okay, um, so I'm going to... I'm From now on, when we do what we watch, and I'm just going to pick one thing that I watch, but the thing that stands out most to me. And this week, it was the new Wednesday show oh, on Netflix about the Wednesday Ooh. Adams. So, I'll start off by saying, um, did not expect to like it. I, what got me was, I saw the clip of the dance online, Wednesday Adams dance, and I loved how it was framed, and the song that's used in it, which I'll, I'll talk about in a second, and um, Janet Ortega as Wednesday Adams. So, the actual dance moves, because they're not proper dance moves like they're so punkish and that's i was like okay i'm gonna give this show a, a shot and i absolutely fell in love with jenna ortega's portrayal of wednesday adams because she just has zero f's to give whatsoever and i love it i did see the one clip where it's like the mom on the phone with her and it's like i've been hunted i there's been an attempted murder and like some other thing where she's like i love it here yeah she's <laughs> like, like that's it's great awesome. so that's the setup for the show is that she gets kicked out of just a, a normal, regular high school for putting piranhas in a pool because the swim team shoved her brother in a locker, and mm. the piranhas eat one of the, one of the kids' testicles. Mm. <laughs> so they're like both or one of them, just one, like one he, one kid or one testicle. One kid loses one testicle. Nah, he's fine. Yeah, exactly. That's what she says. He's She's it. like, he's fine. That's and they're like, they were gonna sue for attempted murder, and she goes, she goes, that'd be terrible. They'd know I didn't finish the job. <laughs> 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 That's so the, it's it's great because of of her portrayal, and it's so serious. But she gets sent to this Nevermore Academy, which is a an academy for outcast, kind of Harry Potter ish. There are basically you got vampires, werewolves. Gorgons, which are like Medusa people that turn people to snow, uh, to stone. Um, there's like some psychic people. Um, you've got old school Greek sirens. Um, and there's, there's, there's a lot going on. I will say some of the writing is kind of a mixed bag. There, there's, there's some, some cringy lines and stuff from some of the other characters. But when the character of Wednesday is always fascinating to watch and i thought her whole wind her whole shtick would get annoying of being like okay we get it you're goth and you don't like people but it doesn't and she's got an arc she's not like we've been seeing a lot of like perfect protagonists rings of power you know she can't do anything wrong she's always right and is never in any danger no she is like 
Wednesday is a is a deeply flawed person, and even though she doesn't trust anybody and and doesn't want any friends, when people are like, "Well, we we want to help you, and we want to be your friend," she she just like puts them in danger, and 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 she ends up learning from that, and it's really good. Neat. It is pretty neat, and yeah. So the song I want to watch it. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. I'm um, intrigued now. I saw it because it's the most watched Netflix thing. I don't know if really? you know that. Yeah, it's okay. more than Stranger Things. I did really. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, I, at least the premiere was okay. So a couple behind the the, the scenes stuff. Jenna Ortega did all her own stunts, mm. which I was watching video today. There's a scene where like one of the telepath launches her against a tree. Dude, they're yanking her and they put a mat on like a tree, but they're just like in action. She goes, you know, bunk, and is like five feet up on a tree. And they're doing it over and over and over again. And I'm like, the actual, that's not a stunt person. The actual actress is getting pulled against a tree. Just like, that's dedication, man. Yeah. She learned to play cello for this role. The the iconic, the now iconic dance scene, she choreographed herself. Oh, and she's not sick. a dancer. She What she did was looked at videos from the 80s of 80s-style punks. Punk, I remember reading that bit, too. Yeah, and, and she, you know, picking picked and choose some of their dance moves and created this dance sequence that goes so great with the song, which is a song by a band called The Cramps. Cramps? The Cramps. Ouch. Yeah. So if you remember Return of the Living Dead, which we watched on the podcast, there's a song in that when they're like boarding up the windows called The Surf and Dead. Yeah. Okay. And it's by The Cramps. Mm. And when I was watching this, I was like, this sounds like The Surf and Dead by The Cramps. Cramps. And then I watched all the behind the scenes stuff and I was like, okay, that makes a lot of sense. And they were like, you know, a, proper punk band and, and you know had had songs they have like kind of a surf flavor but they talk about like zombies and skeletons and stuff and uh yeah it's it, it was interesting and it was it was fresh but some people seem to be annoyed i i i saw a couple terrible reviews where it's like this this is not the same wednesday from the 90s movies they should have gone that like 90s nostalgia and i was like are you kidding me just do the same thing again? You just want that? Really? I've never seen that, so... That's... Yeah, and I was like, what, why would is the point in doing the same thing again? Different and then, gen- it's different generation, too. Like, you need to accommodate for that sense of, like, this is... No, a lot of people haven't seen The Adams Family in our generation yeah. or below. Mm-hmm. So this is a new way for them. And the girl that played Wednesday in those movies is in the TV show. So, like, there's no bad blood there. So, some... Some people should not be on the internet. I'm upset. Yeah, it's just give me me what people clamoring, give me what I think I want, and then once they get that, they get mad. Some people will never be happy. But there are some writing goof-ups. But it's worth worth the watch. Cool. Brett, what did you watch? Uh, I've been watching a few things. One thing I probably just finished season-wise was Inside Job, season two. So that's kind of this animated... Almost Rick and Morty s sci-fi, following like the underground governments and their control over the United mm. States and the world. It's a fun little twist. It almost reminds me of the animation of Gravity Falls in some scenes. Oh, so it's worth checking out. Story-wise, it's only like eight episodes for the second season. It's a good background show. But then the new show I did just start was House of Dragon, so we did watch episode two today, and I'm enjoying that a lot from compared to the first one. Politics, yay! <laughs> Yeah, it's a good ride so far. Have Anything else? Um, and then just some normal anime shows like My Hero Academia, new season. I think it's not really a big audience for that in this group. But Ooh. No, I'm, st- I'm still catching up on season five, so I'm, okay. I'm behind a little bit. But... I will say the episode from last week was probably one of my favorite episodes. Of the whole series? It's up there. Okay. So it's probably, like, in, compared to all the other seasons, like it's a solid story. It's been, they're getting to their big arcs and stuff now so it's, okay. it's a weird time in the anime world of a lot of shows are past their prime like naruto and all them so one piece like it got through their biggest arc yet so we're in this weird stage now of like the smaller ones that aren't as many seasons are also getting to their climax mm-hmm. and in five years i have no clue what the anime world will look like based on yeah. where shows will be at and finishing up so that's kind of interesting to see Okay, I only watched a couple of things this week. Uh, new episode of Rick and Morty, the sixth season, still happening. 
pretty great still. So what episode? Uh, well, they took a like a two month break, and now they're back with like the second half of the season on the second episode. So I think they're probably yeah. like maybe three more episodes. It was a big Jerry episode this week. It was pretty funny. Okay. <laughs> okay. Like it was a bunch of like uh, people. Like Rick needs to learn to just not fight people because people just want to keep come fighting him. So they make all these like stupid. Like they make this one guy called Pissmaster, who's like <laughs> the Green Goblin, but he's just he just shoots pee at people. <laughs> No, no not, nothing to hold him back. Kind oh, of it's, it's hilarious. And then I finished Batman the Animated Series finally for the legendary Kevin Conroy who just died. Big rip. But fantastic show. I'm going to need to watch some more Batman stuff. Um, I watched Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice, the ultimate edition, the three-hour cut. So much fun. That's the one I have uh, not okay. seen. It's I, Like, I know you don't like that, but I like... I'm a, I'm I'll, a, I'll take your word. Look, I... I they, it best, I, I didn't like Man of Steel. I don't like it. When Zack Snyder gets his free reign to do whatever he wants, it gets pretty good. Because like, that's why the Snyder cut's better than the original Justice League. I do not. Dude, it's only four hours. Come on. It's four by three. It's so cool. That doesn't bother me. It's four black hours. and... It's almost like all black and white, too. Or is it? No, parts of it are. It's kind of interesting. What is it? The the Snyder Cut. Oh, why? Is, why isn't it black and white? Just because. Why not? Okay. Exactly. But yeah. Look at this. The it's premise of it. Perfect. Okay. And my, it just was a darker movie, like just coloring wise, because they like they recolored it up for the theatrical one originally, but then they put it back to what it was, so it just looks darker. Next week we're watching Elf. It's a big elf. And then uh, a Christmas story. It's like Rudolph, but with people. Yeah, he gets a gun. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then a Christmas vacation with the critically acclaimed Chevy Chase. Okay, so you can email us at dukesnukespot at gmail.com. Leave us a five-star review on Apple, Spotify, or anywhere else there happens to be a podcast. Follow us on Twitter at dukesnukespod. Thank you, Will, for editing the podcast. Making a Christmas jingle jangle, chingy chingy, jang noise jingle <laughs> themes. I don't know. Um, thank you, Brett, not Blaine, for having the dog. Wait, no, Brett, you don't have the dog. Blaine has the dog. This podcast is named after Brett's here. Brett also has a dog, though. Um, and thank you to me. I did trivia this week. Take that, Blaine. And thank you to our random person for listening. Our one listener, Blaine's brother, Aiden. Hi, Aiden. Aww, Hi Aiden. He listens to this in the shower. Make sure to wash. Exposed <laughs> you. <laughs> yeah. Make sure to wash behind your ears if you're listening to this in the shower, Aiden. <laughs> okay, that's it. Goodbye. Funny because this might be the.